Welcome to the Winging It Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond, where every Monday I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips, backpacking advice, and so much more. Right now, I'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me. So tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my Monday guest episode. Are you a backpacker, traveler, gap year student, or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. This is a casual, informative podcast designed for you to inspire you to travel. There'll be stories to tell, tips to share, and experiences to inspire. Welcome to the show. Hey, yeah, just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with TeePublic, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as t-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcasts, and other stuff. Hello, and welcome to this next solo episode for Jordan, and today I'm going to cover Dana Biosphere and Petra. Now, Petra is very well written and read about, but hopefully some tips and tricks in there that will help you out. And Dana, I'm not sure many people know much about it, so I'll share our experiences there, the hikes that we've done, where we stayed, and also Petra too. So first of all, we left the Dead Sea after a few hours at the Spa Resort, and it was about a two-hour drive, predominantly flat then uphill over the mountain passes and this car was not really built for that and it did struggle a little bit now i mentioned on the last episode about the speed bumps being a bit of a pain and i got a bit carried away and a bit lax on the concentration on the way to dana and basically there is parts of the road where it is single file but as per customs really because the lorries are so slow people do pass if it's safe to do so. And they do go to the right to let you pass. So that is a done thing. And I was doing that pretty successfully. And when you're behind vehicles, you can see when there's a bump coming because they'll slow down and go over the speed bump pretty easy. But I did get caught out a little bit when I was overtaking a lorry. This lorry was going fairly slow. I overtook the lorry, probably going up to 80 to 90 kms an hour. Speed limit is about 80 anyway, so nothing too bad with that. But then, at the last second, a speed bump was in my sight, and I slammed on the brakes as much as I could. But you can't slap on the brakes too much because you're going to go over the speed bump. And I let go of the brake just as we're going over. And I probably went over there, I reckon, 60 or 70 kilometers an hour, and it felt like the car was taken off. And immediately, somehow kept control, but immediately felt, oh God what's broken after a bit of a shaky few seconds afterwards composed myself slowed down a little bit first of all looked at the windscreen clear that was fine then two things came to mind any scratches or cracks from the bodywork and also internally was there anything wrong after a while we did stop at a petrol station had a look and it seemed like nothing was new in terms of scratches and the car did seem normal but I kept thinking that it wasn't because I guess I was anxious that before it sounded differently to what it did afterwards. 
Anyway, after that, lost a bit of confidence in the Jordan Rhodes, if I'm honest, and it just kept to the speed as much as possible and kept a close eye out for the speed bumps. There are normally signs for speed bumps, so you can know in advance where there is some. But for this one, didn't see it, and maybe been blindsided by the lorry, not sure. We have read another blog since then where someone wrote about exactly the same instance, and we think it's in the same area. So maybe this speed bump is not signposted, and it's caught a few people out, and it caught us out as well. I think we got away a bit. Got to Dana Village, within two hours, lots of great views up the mountain pass, and we just wanted to get there really. A long day of three different places, lots of driving. And finally we met our mate Galeb at the Dana Eco Lodge, which is right near the old Dana village. And you should definitely check this guy out and his Eco Lodge out. Would highly recommend it. They have tents there or they have shared rooms, if you like, for two people. I think some of those are probably en suite as well. And there were families there as well. So I guess there's rooms that are a bit bigger for two or three people, maybe four people or stuff like that. This place was awesome. He gave us a choice because we were staying there for three nights and we chose the tent because we wanted the tent experience and that is a shared bathroom. But great showers, great facilities, great food and Gabe's a great guy. I've got a link in the show notes if you want to book the Eco Lodge for any of the nights of your stay in Dana. So for three nights, that would cost around 115 jod. That does include breakfast and you have to pay extra for dinner which is 10 jod each and if i'm honest unless you're going to walk to the old dana village which is about 20 minutes you've really got no choice so it's a buffet dinner unbelievable dinner there i'll come to that in a second also they do a pickup service so you drive to the dana old village you park your car in this car parking space in this fairly big car parking area and they pick you up by jeep and i was wondering why is that but then you realise when they pick you up in their 4x4 and drive you to the lodge, this road is pretty narrow. It's on the edge of a cliff because the eco-lodge looks down into the biosphere. And there's a few bits of that road that are a bit hairy. Definitely two cars can't go at the same time. So I guess just to be safe, they get their drivers to pick you up and then drop you back into the village. Saying that, some people did drive there with their cars and jeeps. So it can be done. But I would say you need to be a bit confident in your car and driving to make sure you don't go over the edge. Not that extreme, but there are some parts where it's not a proper road. So straight away, we got a buffet dinner. It's pretty much the same thing every night, but it's awesome. There's so much choice. You're going to get some chicken there, which is cooked in this tomato sauce. There's grilled and also, I think, oven-cooked veg. I don't really know how it's done, but that is roasted to an absolute tea. Love that. Nice little broth with it. You've got rice, you've got potatoes, salad, hummus. Uh, there's a bit like a dowel type thing there as well. Just a lot of veg and a lot of good freshly cooked food. And I would highly recommend the 10 Jod. Go as many times as you want. And you get Pepsi. Tea is drunk all the time in Jordan. So if you're there for like five minutes, tea is offered. Next five minutes, more tea. I felt like I was drinking tea all the time. And the view. The view is absolutely incredible. We got there for sunset just about and the view over the biosphere absolutely brilliant this eco lodge is at the end of the road it can't go any further you can't go anywhere else and it's just got this unrestricted view of left to the village but also straight down the middle of the valley definitely worth doing and getting your photos for sunrise equally as good so we checked in got into our tent and settled down the first bit of admin 
is the next day's hike. So you can book all hikes or walks with Caleb at the Eco Lodge. He will arrange drivers, he will arrange where to go, pricing, all that sort of stuff. And there's opportunity to do it with other people at the Eco Lodge to save money too. So for the next day, we booked in for the Shack Aurish hike. Now on all trails, this is labelled as easy to moderate, 1.9 to 2 mile loop, real short. If you've done it quickly, it would be one and a half, maybe two hours. But we've done it in three and a half to four hours. I'll come to that in a second. And for a guide, which I think is needed, because I'm not sure really you'd know where to go. There's so many nooks and crannies in the valley and stuff. The guide costs 60 jod for, I guess, what you can fit in this Jeep, which is four people. Unfortunately, bad timing. There was a group before us who all got together and done the same thing. And there's five of those guys. So they got it cheap. But unfortunately for us, it's just us two. So we had to pay 60 jod between us. Fairly hefty. So try and get people if you can. And it's cash only. One bit of advice going to Dana Eco Lodge and Dana in general, take cash. Cash is pretty king in Jordan. I don't think there's many ATMs, if there is any at all, in the village. So do take a lot of cash. Next morning, great sleep in the tent. Had the breakfast. Breakfast is your classic Jordanian breakfast. Eggs, tomatoes, hummus, all that sort of stuff. Again, it's a buffet-type breakfast. You get as much as you want. Coffee, tea, all the above. So we met our guide called Mohammed. He was there pretty early. And around half eight, he took us into his Jeep and off to the biosphere. He didn't speak that much English, so it was broken English, but that's fine. He was a Bedouin, got to know him, and he was a little bit crazy. And the first things we started to realize is he parked his car up, that's fine. We walked down into this biosphere, got some great views, and then you go down into the valley and these little cracks in the rocks where you fit between and you walk in between and all that sort of stuff. First of all, he walked a free climb of rock, and he did, quite high. And then he was running up rocks, jumping across what I would say is fairly dangerous smooth rock. There was no grip, but he was fine. And he wanted us to jump up these rocks and get some alternative views to what everyone else was doing, because you could see groups sort of walking about. And they were great. He said, leave your bags here. And we jumped up some rocks, climbed up some rocks, got help from him climbing down and all this sort of stuff. And it really was a good walk. I did feel like it could be done in an hour, hour and a half because it's not that long. But I would say I don't know where the obvious trail is. Definitely the guide. And it might be a rule to have a guide in the biosphere anyway. Not too sure about that. He made us a brilliant tea about halfway through. And this was black tea, sugar and za'ata, which is like a herb grown in the biosphere. Could not believe what I was tasting. Kept asking me, what's the ingredients? And he's like, yes, this, this and this. And I was like, okay. So I do remember that brilliant tea break, great views, and there's that classic red rock that you can see in the valley as well. This guy also loved winding up the other guides, and a few examples of this is we kept bumping into this Italian couple with a guide who actually had some hiking poles, not quite as mobile as ours, and our guide realised that he's coming around the corner, so he told us to go away and be quiet. So, oh, okay, that's a bit weird. Crouched down on the floor and sort of really got low down in the weeds of the floor. And I was like, ah, I know what he's doing. So we kind of pretended to look the other way. And then he just jumped out at the guide and scared him. So that sort of stuff. Eccentric character, great fun. Didn't speak much English, but was the kind of character that you want on this trail because he's just running about, making you laugh. 
real good fun. Made our way back to the Jeep at the top of the hill, and it really wasn't that difficult. For us, if we're saying it's pretty easy, it's definitely easy for you. And the Italian couple did think that was quite easy too. Maybe stretched out a little bit to justify the cost of the guide. Maybe 60 jod is not cheap, but would recommend it. And for the rest of the day, we chilled out at the lodge. They made a lunch for us, admired the views, got our legs rested because the next day was the big hike. And pretty much nothing else the rest of the day. The next hike we had planned was the Wadi Dana Trail which is 16 kilometers right through that valley to a place called Finan Lodge. Originally, we wanted to book the Guwir trek, but that was actually closed because of the rain. Because normally, without the rain, you have to go through these puddles of water, maybe even swim one of them to get to the other side, that sort of stuff. But because of the rain, they obviously closed it off because it's deemed unsafe. So second option was the Wadi Dana Trail. Now, to book this, it's going to cost 70 jod because... It's one way, and they have to arrange transport back to the village from the other side at Fenham Lodge, and it takes two hours. It's a heck of a journey. And we met a person called Beck from Australia who wants to do the trail, so she was come with us, made the price a third for each of us, so that's pretty cool. But it was also good to get some company because this is not a guided tour. You do this yourself. And I think Beck was a fairly confident and experienced hiker, so it's good to have some company on that but it's pretty easy you get to the Dana village and you follow the road down and you go through the valley pretty simple next morning we got up really early had the breakfast and left about eight now Gaylord will arrange transport and he estimated it would take us four hours to get to Fainan Lodge and we would be there around 12 12 30 and come back as soon as we want we can stay as long as we want we're like okay no problem we'll see you there so as I said you get to old Dana village and you walk down the road. Now the first hour, I would say, is a pretty steep decline. Normally, I find those fairly easy, but after the road, the actual trail was stones and rocks, and you do have to concentrate where you're standing, but also quite heavy on the knees. So that's fairly difficult, but once it got into the valley, it tailed off, and we're kind of level with the valley, and it's just a little bit up and down, nothing too bad. Fairly straightforward, you follow the trail all the way through, look around, unreal. Start early because it does get very hot, sun cream needed, not much shade, hat needed as well. And we took a lunch with us that Gaeta had provided us before we left, so they do arrange that too. I just couldn't believe the views around us, walking through this valley, looking back and seeing where our lodge was, very high up, and no real dramas. I think we did go off track once, sort of hug this rock, because the trail does go up above the bottom of the valley. I think you could do either. You could walk in both. And we tried to follow the trail from all trails. Got stuck in this rock, had to climb around it. Nothing too bad, but there was a bit of a drop on that. Mostly pretty easy. All the way through, loved it. Nice walk. Took four hours to Fainan Lodge. So after 14, 15k, got there and had one of the most expensive orange juices I've ever had. This cost around three jod fifty. That is a lot of money for a small orange juice, but we were knackered, hot, and just needed a bit of sugar. So we had that, and then got the transport back, which did take around two hours. Got back to the Eco Lodge, showered, chilled out for the rest of the day, and that was us done for Dana, really. And the next day was going to Wadi Musa to do Petra, and it was good to meet Beck, and Beck was going to Petra too, so we swapped numbers, and we're gonna meet her there. Said bye to Beck, chilled out, had a buffet dinner, 
and got into the tent fairly early because it's an early start next morning. Overall, Dana is a fantastic place to base yourself. The Eco Lodge is brilliant as a location to sleep. A great community feel there as well. Lots of people do stay there. All types of people, young people, professionals, families, solo people, and they can arrange all the treks for you that you need to do. Just take cash is my biggest tip there. And the showers are great, the toilets are great, the tent is great, the bed is super comfortable, the food is brilliant, they'll pack a lunch for you. Town is only 20 minutes away, you want to walk in and get maybe an espresso coffee or go to the shop. And you can drive and get a lift into the Eco Lodge from town because that road is a bit hairy. All fantastic services, I'll leave a link in the show notes. Next morning I'll drive to Wadi Musa, was going to take roughly about an hour and our stay was at Happy Night Hostel, which was around 15 jod a night. And this included breakfast. And it's fairly okay located on top of a hill. Would need a car. Not that close to the gates of Petra. So if you like walking up hills, not too bad. But you would need a car, I think, to get up there. The hostel owner allowed us to check in early. Told us our room number. So we can go there, drop our stuff off, chill out for a bit have a coffee and get to Petra. Now, as I said before, we booked the two-day entry for Petra on our Jordan Pass, and that was definitely the right decision because one day you you really are going to cram it all in. I'm not sure you can see it all in one day as well, especially with the heat. If you're going to smash it, fair play, but just spread it out over two days because you can chill out, maybe do the main trail one day and some other trails another day. So we got down to the gates of Petra. Now, there is free parking down there if you've got a car. As you'll drive down to the Petra main gates, the visitor centre, if you veer left, there is a big car park, sort of northwest and west, free to park, park in them. The first time we arrived, this guy looked like a parking attendant and asked us if we were going to see something else in Petra. Then we realised that he was just trying to sell a tour, say no, just go straight to the main visitor centre and you'll be allowed to get in with your Jordan Pass. If you don't have a Jordan Pass, I think it's going to cost you 50 to 55 Jod a day. So already, just get the Jordan Pass. I think we arrived roughly around midday, got into the gates of Petra and had a coffee because we're desperate for an espresso coffee, no espresso in Dana. Went to a restaurant, I can't remember what it's called. It's the first thing you see on the right. They do espresso coffee, had Americano. It was one of the most expensive Americanos I've ever had. I can't even remember the price. It's something ridiculous, like $18 for two coffees. We needed it, but we're pretty gutted at that price. So don't get drinks like that in the gates of Petra. Another hot day. And our plan for this day was to do the main trail. So in Petra, you look at a map, start to finish, about two and a half K, they say. I'm not sure if that's true. It might be a bit longer than that. Can't really work that one out. The main trail is fairly flat. You go downhill on the way in and on the way back is uphill. And that's actually quite tough after a full day of walking. But on this main trail, you cover all the main sites, including the treasury. And at the start of the monastery trail, there's tombs to your right as well. There's other stuff in there. But the main thing is obviously the treasury, which you see on Google. And that is accessible on foot on the main trail. So we decided, main trail, see it all, right to the end, come back, get out, start early next morning and do the other trails that go up to a viewpoint. That was our plan. So this day, yeah. Not too bad. Walking down, busy. Busy, busy, busy. And when you get through the first part, which is kind of in open ground, really, you've seen a few tombs, then you go into this 
area before the treasury and it's real close walls and it's like winding in and out it's a fantastic walk it is spoiled by the tour groups and a huge amount of people and I'll come to that next morning as well for another bit of information on that but we did walk all the way through and the anticipation is incredible because you can sense it's coming you start to hear people shouting screaming laughing camels going off and then you walk through and see the treasury it's right there unbelievable can't stop looking at it but it is going to be busy with people trying to offer you a camel ride groups of people standing around there's people having coffee there's a big ventilation machine going off or something like that so just bear in mind it's not gonna be idyllic but there are tips and tricks to make it idyllic and i'll come to that in a mo got through couldn't believe it got some photos fantastic definitely worth it already in bonus territory loved it then we walked all the way to the end saw some tombs now this was an underrated and one of my favorite parts actually and that was the it's called the tombs they've got the royal tombs there the palace tomb and you just climb up a little bit up a few stairs and there's like a, a row of three or four tombs in a row so you can go in them and from afar they look great because they're kind of carved into the walls like they all are carving tombs and stuff into rock it's just sensational and you can also see this theatre that's built into the rock apparently it's the only theatre carved into the stone slash rock in the world I'm not sure that's true that's what it said that's a highlight as well so on this main trail you do tick off fantastic things that are easy to see and there's not too much of an effort it's just that when you get to the end you've got to walk all the way back that's a fair trek around 5-6k in the heat is going to get you a little bit but fantastic sight so we ticked off all the main ones real happy with that completed it got back and we met Beck for dinner at Reem Baladi in town brilliant brilliant food here seven to eight jod you're going to get loads of chips Savlaki type meat I had a grilled chicken unbelievable pita bread salad hummus huge plate of food and after walking all day definitely worth doing I couldn't find any parking actually drove down because our hostel's at the top of a hill had to go all the way down pretty much to the visitor centre and do a UE and on the way back up saw Beck picked her up parked the car found a space it is quite tough to find a parking space because people do park around there just bear that in mind you can walk down if you want depends where you're staying but for us we're not walking back up that hill after walking that many steps that day. Needed a well-earned rest back at the hostel and we're meeting Beck next morning at 7am. Now the tip here for Petra, this is day two for us, for Petra is get there from 6 when it opens to roughly 8, 8.30 before the tour group buses come in. That's when your big groups come in. So we got in at 7am and our plan for this day, we've got two trails on our minds. We're going to walk all the way to the end and go and see the monastery which is up a trail called Adir, and it's 800 steps. Whew. But want to do that. That was the first one. And then the next trail was called Al Gubtha Trail. And this is a trail right to the top above the treasury. And you can see that from a height. So they're the two aims, if you like. So we met back and stormed our way all the way through to the end of the main trail. Now, this is where the treasury comes in on the ground level. When we got through sort of the main bit first and then into the windy streets of the rock towards the treasury, this is when there's no one there. 7am, 7.30am, hardly anyone there. You've got to go this time because when we got to the treasury, there's one camel and a few people milling about. Got photos of no one in them, got photos of me in them only. It really is the best time to go and see the treasury. Super stoked about that. Stood there, admired it again, got all the photos, just loved it. No one hardly there. So all the way to the end. 
And then we started walking up the Adir Trail, 800 steps. It's going to be hot. It's going to be annoying, but it is worth it at the end. And this was even before the Bedouins who come in to the site to sell stuff. They weren't even set up yet. So this is before even they were getting there. So they must just get there for the big tour buses as well. And I think we probably got there, I reckon 8.30 to 9, maybe 9.30, we got up to the monastery and there was hardly anyone there. And this monastery was so cool. Again, built into the rock, set back. It was huge. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Got the photos. Just unbelievable. You've got to go and do that one. There was even a bit of wind, a bit of rain. No dramas though. It was super hot, so we dried off. But that early morning, maybe it does rain a little bit. And we thought we'll have a coffee to celebrate walking up 800 steps and the view. And the coffee is reasonably priced up there. It's two jod. Very reasonable. Nest Cafe, but great with a view. After that and a bit of breakfast, we then decided to walk back down the steps, back on the main trail and towards our Kupfer. Now, on the way back, you can deviate from the main trail towards those tombs that I mentioned from the day before, because behind there is the trail up to the viewpoint of the treasury. And it was super hot at this point. We're approaching 11, 11.30. So we decided to take a break outside the tombs, bumped into Beck accidentally, and she's encouraging us to go up there because it's worth it. We're kind of flagging a little bit. But I thought, no, no dramas. We'll go up there. Took our time in the heat. And we got up to the top of the Al Kubtha Trail. There's two things here, really. One guy has set up a calf in his tent at the end of the trail, if you like, overlooking the treasury. So you're going to have to go in there and buy a drink and have a look. Second of all, you can get a picture before that on top of a few rocks. Definitely worth doing. But why not just go and see the guy, have a coke and enjoy a view? So we've done both. It's an easy trail to follow. You just keep following the steps. At the end, a bit weird. You have to go back down towards the viewpoint. Not clear where the trail was. Some people are getting lost. But you shouldn't be too bad. You just follow the next person or follow the local or just see where you think you're going to go. You'll get there eventually. And the view of the treasury, absolutely incredible. The two views, the one from the cafe is going to have some people in it because you can see below. But some of the viewpoints, you can't quite see the ground before the treasury. So they've both got their merits in terms of their view. And sitting there having that Coke, looking at that, one of the best moments we've had in Jordan. Definitely worth it, but also absolutely knackered. Just a little bit of a tip here. There are toilets in the Petra main site. So we came back down from the monastery and before going up the trail towards the treasury went to a toilet in between they don't have any toilet paper so take some with you and sometimes there's a guy sitting there with toilet paper obviously trying to get a quick jod out of you I did have some trouble with that from a previous toilet which wasn't an official toilet and I told them where to go so take toilet paper and they aren't the best toilets either just bear that in mind so we made our way back down the trail onto the main trail and walked all the way back to the visitor centre and that's slightly uphill and a little bit annoying it's quite far when you've done so much walking but we got out of there got into the car and got back to the hostel in good time and reflected on a great couple of days in Petra saw the main trail saw everything two trails upwards saw the viewpoints there successful knackered and three days of hardcore walking we were just ready for a break and for Petra any tips other than that make sure you get your Jordan Pass scanned when you go into the visitor centre, so when you go in, you'll see a ticket spit, and you just go in there, queue up, and they'll scan it and give you a physical ticket stamped each day, so you can't obviously go back in. So make sure you get that done, take lots of water, a hat, sun cream, and get there early. 6 to 8.30am, top tip. 
before the buses come in. It's definitely worth your time. It's going to be touristy if you go any other part of the day and you're going to get asked to buy something all the time because the local Bedouins, they sort of work there now. They've got the stalls, loads of stuff to buy. We didn't buy anything and lots of places to get drinks and stuff like that. Another tip is as you walk straight in past the gates or where you scan your ticket, you're going to have guys that come up to you and say, do you want a horse or camel ride? It's included in your price of the ticket. It's not included in the price of the ticket. Don't fall for that. Just go straight forward and ignore them. But all in all, fantastic views. Loads of trails to do. I think there's like 14 trails other than the main trail. We've done two of those, so plenty more to do once we go back. Get it with the Jordan Pass. It's way cheaper. And take as long as you need. You can get three or four day passes too. Some people stay there for a week. One day is probably not enough. Two is perfect, maybe. Three is good as well. And just make sure you get there in good time. Enjoy it and try and get there for times where the crowds are not there. After our second day, we're knackered. We went to a local restaurant called Petra Silla, which is, I think, a hotel with a restaurant attached to the side of it. Buffet dinner, classic buffet. And that was 24 Jordan totals, not the cheapest meal, but it is a buffet, all you can eat, and we got a drink with that as well. After that, straight to bed because we're knackered, and it's a real proper early start next day, going to Wadi Rum. But it's definitely worth it. If you have any questions about Petra, you can email me or contact me on social media. And for Dana Biosphere, the Wadi Dana Trail is definitely worth looking up. That's a nice, easy one for the length of 16 kilometers, but it's all downhill. You can do it from Fainan Lodge to Dana. That would be seriously tough uphill all the way. I probably wouldn't do that. But yeah, love them both. Love those five days. Would recommend both of those places. And next on my Jordan series is going to be finishing off with Wadi Rum and Aqaba and the last day in Amman too so thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode I'll catch you next time for another instalment thank you